0: So what would you do if you were harassed online? Perhaps you've been harassed online. Have you been in those crosshairs? I'm not talking trolls and bots so much because it's a sad fact that many of us have suffered online harassment every day, it seems. There's another story of targeted online vitriol. Social media, as I say, trolls and bots, they played a big role in normalizing nasty, right? Normalizing the coming at you vibe, the harassment. It's not normal, and it's not okay. And at some point, our justice system needs to modernize to help people who find themselves in the crosshairs of hate. So many people saying, I don't know what to do. I report it, and there's really nothing that anybody can do. Well, has that changed? Is it evolving? Do you know what to do if you are targeted? How do you gather the evidence that you need in order to take next steps, to try and put a halt to harassment. What not to do is probably a very big piece of this as well. Our next guest is an expert in this lane, navigating digital citizenship. There's an ever-growing need for digital security, and Jesse Miller is the founder of Mediated Reality. You've heard him here on the airwaves of CKNW before. He is here to help. Jesse, thanks for doing this on your holiday. Appreciate it.
1: Good morning, Jody.
0: So, I mean, it's not, for most people might have heard, I mean, it's been a pretty loud thing the last few weeks that, that, that I have um, been through, the, the harassment, the targeted harassment um, that so many women in journalism have, have experienced. And, and people like, I mean, I, I interviewed Dr. Bonnie Henry. Let's start there. Our provincial health officer, I sat down with Dr. Henry and I asked her, when did it start? Like, when did you get your first death threat in your email inbox? And she said, the very first public health briefing of 2020. Like, this is wow. unbelievable, right? And then what do you do? What do you do when you get that kind of, you know, not just I don't like who you are or what you said, but, but a more targeted, hateful message?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. It kind of comes to the idea of how our society interacts with one another. And now, obviously, with the Internet, we can directly contact people based on emails and social media accounts. But I think if we expand it and we look at some of the themes, I mean, in the United States, 41 percent of Americans identify that they've navigated some form of online harassment based on 2021 numbers. And if you look at yeah, I mean, but the thing is, how do you measure the theme? Is it the idea of an intimate relationship that's gone in a different direction? Is it just the idea you've been playing a video game and somebody has chosen to target you because they didn't like that you beat them in a video game? There's right. so many themes within this that go to the idea of power. And what's interesting to me, especially in Canada, in our, in our sports world, and I think you're obviously more than familiar with reporting on sports stories, but now it's the athlete themselves being able to receive direct contact. Right, mm-hmm. It used to be the, the fan at the boards who's screaming through the glass, or they would hang out in the exit ramp to scream at the opposing players. Now they right. can literally slide into the messages of, of the player, but also their partners and their families. And yeah. so it is the extremism that gets that question. So the extreme targeting, the extreme communication, those are the things that we really need to now dial into. Because, yeah, I think we should all have a little bit of tough skin when it comes to the Internet. You know, if you don't want to be talking to somebody, we can block, we can choose to sure. delete. But we also have to understand that we're now in a very big pool of people who all have opinions and literally are going to type them out as quick as they can feel them as opposed to they can process them.
0: Right. So just let's start with the blocking and deleting and and what have you. Like there's certainly a room for being like okay that that's just a bot or a troll or what have you david moscrop a uh, political scientist and 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 columnist for the the uh, washington post he he's he's just an excellent mind in canada he wrote a substack last week it was like block and mute often in fact he is now blocking for anybody he thinks might might Piss him off in the future, is I think how he wrote it um a,
1: proactive, a, 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 proactive blocking pro, proactive
0: <laughs> blocking, which you know what makes a lot of sense unless you find yourself in a situation where that person that you're blocking is coming at you by creating new profiles or new email addresses or new you know there's where is that line when it goes from being like okay this this just comes with social media, and if you don't like it, get off of it or It becomes, you know, what, where is the line on harassment? Is it how you feel? Cause that's what the Me Too movement was really about. Like, where is that line? Well, the line is if you are in a work environment and you're superior in somebody who controls your livelihood uh, comes at you in a certain way, there's the line. Like, is there a line in online harassment?
1: There, there can be. I think I love that we have to combine our professional and, and some of our, our open, very public communications in this space because in the workplace, if you have to sit at the table and work with somebody, it's part of your job. But maybe you eventually get to that point where there are interactions with you. You have to bring in a third party and say, listen, as much as I understand I have to work with this individual, this is where these are causing problems for me. Yeah. When we look at people like Crop, you know, he puts out a tweet, and there's going to be people who I subscribe to him, I pay attention to him, I value his opinion. And yeah. if we were to sit down and have a beer, we'd be able to do that and be just fine but somebody else who doesn't like what he has to say. They don't appreciate his viewpoint. They're going to come at that with a lot of ire. So when he highlights this proactive blocking, it's saying, you know what? I know this person. It doesn't matter if they're going to even have a glimmer of appreciating what I have to say here. They're most likely going to align with their idea that they have to target me. And so I'm just going to say, you don't get to pay attention to what I have to say. And that's the right. choice that we get to make on social media, right? Like That's the joy of the block and delete. Um, proactively here, I think a lot of people are struggling with the idea of how we give ourselves to the Internet. And there is a brand new generation of Internet users who are very comfortable saying things in public spaces. They don't care if people know things about them.
2: And unfortunately,
1: yeah. what happens is when it gets to that extremism piece again, it's the, oh, now the person can put together lots of little puzzle pieces to get a full picture of who I am, where I spend time, where I work, what do I do with my, with my free time – and that's where when that, that scary feeling comes in, you have to ask yourself, who's going to protect or who's going to help protect me? But also, what can I do to contract some of this information? And the hard part here is once it's on the Internet, it's almost impossible to contract back.
0: Right. And there can be that swarming mentality depending on where you find yourself uh, in that um, kick the bee's nest kind of position. You know, depending on the subject matter with which you're being um schooled by somebody who disagrees with you in their their mind. They're going to teach you how wrong you are um, about something. But it can also, you know, spark next level. Like, what are some of the big mistakes, Jesse? We're with Jesse Miller, founder of Mediated Reality. We talk security, digital citizenship. Um, One of the thoughts about this particular discussion, because we could talk for hours with Jesse. One of the things that I think is really important here is how does our listener – Manage that. Like, what are some of the basics of protecting yourself from putting out on social media or anywhere online those things that you can never claw back? Like where you live, what your car looks like, what your license plate is, where you spend your time, the immediate, like the check in in real time, and and even having location services on, um, on your post on your posts on social media. I mean, I worry all the time about my 15 year old having Snapchat and, and, and being like, oh, I'm just checking in to see where all my friends are. I'm like, Oh my good God, that's terrifying.
1: We talk about that new generation. A lot of young people are actually very comfortable sharing their location with their friends, which actually is kind of beneficial in the sense that no, I mean, there's, there's a weird anxiety we have about the idea of them yeah. bojacking each other. But when we think about the idea of missing kids, you know, you, you're like, oh, will go talk to their friends, see if they knew where they were last. This is a whole new level now for some of those threats to safety that are very legitimate. And you can have a kid go, No, no I, I actually tracked my friend. We, we did this as a, as a partnership. And yeah. I can tell you where their phone was last. Like, that right there is a, a huge advantage for, you know, missing child situation. Right. But with, when it comes to the idea of minimizing information, like, yeah, we all post photos online of our, our, our lives, where we are, birthday parties. You want to take a picture of your new car, you got great. But just censored license plate, and it's not the idea mm-hmm. that anybody can run your license plate, at British Columbia, and find out where you live. No. It's the idea that now they understand where you park, and they can verify that that car in the photograph is matched to that plate, so now they know that's yours. Right. The thing is, is that minimizing things like our kids. I do a lot of advocacy for digital consent. Do you have consent from everybody involved in the photograph to be shared, to be shared on the social media platform, whether it be private or public, ask questions like, Hey, I'm about to post this video. You're in it. Do you feel comfortable if I share this? Are you comfortable with followers that I have who you don't know seeing it? And the more that we open up the conversation about how people feel in these very public spaces that are sometimes deemed to be private because it's our private lives being shared online, Mm -hmm. then we can talk to people about our expectations. And if my expectation is, hey, I want to hang out with you, but I don't want to be in every Instagram photo because I don't want the world to know who I am, where I am, or what I'm doing, then that's a fair thing to do in that friendship. And if the friend isn't willing to do that because they're more inclined to share online because they're looking for that affirmation rush, then maybe we don't pose for photos with them.
0: So we're with Jesse Miller, the founder of Mediated Reality. We're talking digital citizenship, online harassment, how to navigate your way through what is an ever-escalating Temperature when it comes to interacting online. We're talking about, you know, blocking, muting, deleting, just m- removing yourself from a stressful situation, or if it's escalating and you can't avoid it, what your next steps might be. And Jesse, I opened up the phone lines uh for those who might want to check in on the subject, and certainly people do. 604-280-9898-STAR-9898 is the number to call on your cell phone. Free call on your cell. Just hit star 9898. Uh, Terry in New Westminster is up first. Terry, welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, um, happy uh, Good Friday and happy Easter Monday. I really, really respect what you did, Miss Vance. I think your courage is really uh, incredible. Good for mm-hmm. you. Uh, you know, freedom of speech is fine, but when you threaten people and harass them, which is what it is, it goes beyond uh, freedom of speech, and it's a form of criminal activity. I've been harassed growing up. I'm not a big guy. I wear glasses and I'm short. Um, in my past, I've been called a faggot walking down the street by somebody six foot three who wanted to beat me up. Um, I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan. Two drunken fans leaving a Giants hockey game tried to beat me up because they thought I was French-Canadian, which I'm not. It's none of their business anyway. So they're screaming at me about going back to Quebec. We're going to beat you up. You know, take that jacket off, frog, and all this kind of stuff, right? Mm. So freedom of speech is fine, but you know what? There has to be civil discourse between people. It's really gone downhill in the last 25 years. I'm part American, so I've seen what goes on south of the border with people, and people need to really um, pull back and be civilized and chill out a bit. When they treat other people the way that they do, it's totally not acceptable, and people need to be a lot more civilized and a lot more compassionate.
0: Thank you for your phone call, Terry. I'm so sorry that you've been targeted in that way. Jesse, this is, you know, it moves into real life as well as online. And is there, the consequences for those who would do such things are almost non-existent, it feels.
1: Well, and, and to Terry's point, obviously certain words land differently for others, and and we we struggle to abolish certain words from our everyday lexicon. But yeah. um, when people are openly in the streets are willing to say things, then it, it's almost as if I actually I value it a bit more uh, because we can put a face to the circumstance, we can put a witness to mm-hmm. it, um, mm-hmm. and it's again it's it's our everyday discourse that it reflects. And to Terry's point, what our society should look like in the sense of being cordial to one another. But again, you know, you can throw in all sorts of variables, alcohol and going to a hockey game, or whatever it be. But our society does value that conflict. And it's something that we, we sell it the tabloids in the sense of highlighting issues in, 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 in Hollywood or in paparazzi targeting individuals. But if you right. go to the Internet and we just think about the comment section, you know, if I go to a teenager's you know, Instagram post and, you know, they've got a meme up, there's going to be a, a dozen friends who are posting words that, yes, we would encourage them not to use those words. We would show them how those negatively affect people. They will wear pink T-shirts and they'll raise awareness and they'll turn around and say it's a joke that exists in every workplace that works it exists in places where people push the boundaries and all of a sudden you're sitting with HR because the word that you thought would be okay to use as a joke now is negatively affecting somebody. Right. It's a and slur now.
2: Yeah, it's a slur. Yeah.
1: And so, yeah. To those points of the internet, yes, there is vitriol that goes with the idea of being online. The question becomes is it when it's, t- when it's constant and it becomes targeted, that's where we yeah. really need to really change how people feel that they can be emboldened to just target people online. We're never going to get rid of the trolls. The trolls are always going to exist. They're always going to anonymize things. But one yeah. of the most important pieces here that we can do is really understand the accountability piece. And if we have rules in place to make sure that when people want to make comments, they have to be who they are, that will bring a lot of this down drastically.
0: So, Jesse, with just two minutes here, um, time is short, but boy, we need this advice from you. What should people do if they find themselves in what you just explained, that next level? What should they be doing? Are they screen capping? Are they printing off? Are they calling the non-emergency line? How How do you propose to identify somebody who may be hiding behind a keyboard?
1: Well, first and foremost, for parents listening, in British Columbia, we have what's called a race. And if you just go to ERASE BC on Google, you'll find there's a portal for British Columbia kids, K through 12, who can report things directly to their school. And the BC School Act actually allows a lot of flexibility in how a school principal investigates things. Actually, more more flexibility than maybe a police officer has because they get to use the School Act as part of the reason why they're investigating somebody. Ooh, that's good. Um, but for, very good, and it's a great it's a great portal. It has a lot of resources, and so for listeners who are interested, even if you want to see how you know we take this as an approach in the Ministry of Education, that's a really good uh, vantage point. But for the everyday user, yeah, screenshotting is wonderful. Don't bring the fight to the publics you know circle. Don't bring it into the Facebook comments. Uh, the more that you try and kind of put the person on blast, the more it can actually negatively impact you, especially if it's not necessarily your feelings that are um, being supported by people, but also their want. To get retribution, so that that can be a really big stirring of the pot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more that you collect, the more that you feel that you can bring it to your employer. If it's coming through your employer email, that's a great way as well. But um, non-emergency is your best bet when it comes to just having a police report. If that's what you're looking to do. Um, but any threats to immediate safety, where you're feeling like you can't walk from your office to your car or vice versa from home, nine one one. That's 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 why nine one services are there.
0: There you go. Jesse Miller, Mediated Reality. You can find Jesse on your social media. Great follow is Mediated Reality on Twitter. Thanks for your time, as always, my friend. I appreciate you.
2: Thanks, Jody.